Welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the Oklahoma Young Agents Show, where it is our aim to engage, educate, and expand the horizons for young independent agents in Oklahoma by presenting quick interviews of leaders in our space. I'm Ryan Smith, the chair of the Young Agents Committee, and today my co-host is Chris Kautz, the Young Agent Committee vice chair. In these interviews, we will discuss industry topics as well as general business, leadership, sales, service, and more. Stay tuned until the end to hear about upcoming Young Agents events in Oklahoma. Today, we're starting out our first episode um, with a bang by interviewing Chris Floyd. For those of you new to Big Eye Oklahoma, he was chairman back in 2018 and a great one at that. Chris is the vice president of the Tribal Nations program at Brown and Brown, and in recognition of his hard work, he was awarded the Savoy Special and Top Gun of the Office Awards at their annual conference in 2021. He is also currently a state national director representing our great state at the Independent Insurance Agents and Brokers of America. Welcome, Chris, and thank you for being willing to embark on this journey and jump into the first episode and be our guinea pig. Well, happy to be here, Krista and Ryan. Thank you, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about being here. I know it's uh, this is your first debut of this uh, type of programming, so I'm excited about what you guys are doing, leveling this up for the young agents, and uh, honored to be uh, invited to, to have these conversations, this discussion. So Absolutely. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, it's my understanding you were the mastermind behind the Future Insurance Leaders of Oklahoma program, Philo. Can you tell us about the origin of Philo and how you've seen it develop and kind of the benefits of participating? Yeah. So first of all, mastermind is nothing that's ever in, you know, used in a conversation or in the same sentence with my name. But I will take that as a compliment to the fact that back in 2007, 2008, uh, young agents chair, I was at that point, I was chair. And uh, after about three or four years being involved in the young agents. And let me back up just a little bit back when I first got involved in the association, I can tell you my very first young agents meeting or conference was in 2003. And this was after a mentor of mine said, Hey, Chris, I think you're going to go check out this conference they're having. They have young agents. And I've been in the independent agency side for about three years, probably at that time, two or three years. <clears throat> and I was running pretty good. Tra- I was going, you know, like gangbusters doing what I do. And, and I was uh, involved in the agent in the agency side, independent agency side after being coming over from a direct writer. Thought I had pretty good traction had a lot of good things going on but it, there was still something missing you know there's still a lot of things i needed to be doing i show up at the is actually in shangri-la as you guys know down on monkey island is where some of the old historic conferences were and you hear some of the old timers now i'm becoming one of those old timers <clears throat> that tell stories from shangri-la but we had that one there and <clears throat> and i'm sitting in the back of the room and feeling kind of like i'm on an island almost because i didn't know anybody right so i'm here room full of young agents and other agents older than me, but they were still called young agents, didn't understand that. But the um, room was filled with a lot of terminology and knowledge about the business. I just really didn't quite connect well with it at that time. But I was hungry, I was interested. And, and, and that in that first conference that I went to, I became just very interested in what the association was doing and why. So at that point, I started to connect further and deeper in, into the association, which led us to being led me to being involved in the young agents in the next few years, up until 2007, eight, when I became chairman of the young agents. And at that time, we had challenged ourselves as a committee to look for opportunities to energize, re, you know, everything you guys do today, 
we were doing back then, but we were just looking for new ideas and ways to enhance the experience of, of a young agent, new agent coming into the business, but really just trying to create an, an opportunity for people to, to kind of work off of a springboard into this industry and not duplicate what was already being done. That was one of the things, <clears throat> you know, we looked at as a challenge, our young agents committee. And I asked the question, I said, guys, let's, let's build this mousetrap or let's, let's build this thing that we called the future insurance leaders of Oklahoma. But let's not duplicate something that's already been done well, which, for instance, was the National Alliance, so education, right? Yeah. We weren't going to – we had a string budget. We didn't have any money, really. Nothing like you guys have today, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> that's another topic. And we, we said, how can we do this and fill the gap, fill the void, and provide an opportunity for a young or new agent coming into the business to really – you know, gain a perspective, a, a world, a greater, broader perspective of, of this industry. And, and so and that's where it all kind of originated. And, and so we started working on it there. Collectively, we put our, our heads together and come up with this thing called Philo, and which had five modules at the time. And I know you guys have modified that a little bit since then, yeah. but and, and certainly probably needed it. But what one of the primary topics was, you know, regulatory, you know, how, how, law, how the insurance industry is governed, the other one was, um, you know, governmental affairs or legislative, how laws, you know, play out and how that's a, how important that is in, in our industry and how you as an individual can play an important role in the legislative and government affairs of that, right? right. And we had, at the time back in 2008, when we first launched the Philo, uh, we were fortunate to have Jeff Jalone is still with us that time. He's now passed, but Jeff was a, he was actually a sales leader in, in the Whitford National Alliance. He taught all over the country. Uh, dynamics of sales. Some of you may have heard that. If you don't, it's a good material to look into from the past. So although we weren't trying to provide a sales only training class, that was a very important part of the whole structure, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't, we do what we do. We're in a sales organization, but we provide a service, right? So, and so those were three important topics, obviously underwriting and claims. You cannot be a good insurance professional unless you understand underwriting and claims, right? Yeah. How to do a basic submission as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, first you got to know how to fill out the application. That's important. Uh, I mean, you can always ask somebody else to do it, but everybody gets ticked off about that, right? So, um, but you also got to know what the underwriters look for, what they're looking at. Why does it matter the way you complete the application? Or why does it matter if you need to have a narrative with your application? And rather than hearing that in a classroom setting or reading the book, we arranged that to where we'd have underwriting offices like National American and Mid Midcontinent, different groups that would actually take on that responsibility to host our group for the, for the young agents, bring them into their facilities and actually go through that process. And also in the claim side, you know, understanding how that process works. A big advocate that if you don't you understand claims, you don't understand insurance because yeah. we none of us would be doing what we do if it wasn't for claims, right? So exactly. So we have to make it. That was an important factor. And so. I, just to kind of go off of that, I think that um, a lot of times agency principals will tell the producers the importance of that uh, putting together a complete submission or, or something like that, but hearing it from a company rep or someone outside of their normal day-to-day -day that kind of punches a, I don't know, it, it checks a box, maybe maybe strikes a chord with them more that it's a little more important than what I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. and, and hearing it outside of your agency, what's, you know, and, and from the expert, somebody that deals directly in the claims process, doesn't mean they have all the right answers, but it means it gives you another perspective from from the claims adjuster side, carrier just carrier's perspective, how claims are adjusted, how the process works. So, 
hugely, it felt like that was really, really important. And then, of course, leadership and in, in, in association was a big part of that too. And that was a module back then that we had that was, you know, the idea was how do we develop leadership? How do we, you know, we brought people in and talked about what leadership really means. Sometimes that means something different for everybody. It might mean something for you, different to you, right? But leadership, um, in my opinion, is not something you're granted with a title, which a lot of people do think that, right? You're just, okay, he's been appointed as our new leader. Well, that is a form of leadership, but the most important leadership is the one you earn, right? So the leadership that you earn is because that you've done the things that cause people to want you to be their leader, right? And well, that's an important fact, fact of, of leadership that we wanted to try to convey. Yeah. And in, and to kind of interject here on that is, you know, in my Philo experience, I was in the class of 2018 and um, we were taught in our leadership class that you don't have to be a leader to lead. You can, you know, these young agents can lead from any position. And at the time I was an account manager and I was still trying to discover what really I wanted to do. What, what, what did I want to do in this industry? I knew it was the industry for me. Um, so did you feel like the Philo class was helpful in helping you kind of get some direction on that as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that, that's whenever I learned that I was actually uh, motivated by money and goals <laughs> and that I was more fit to be kind of a producer one day. But, I mean, how do you feel that Philo prepared you for young agents and the, you know, the big board and the representation that you do on a national level? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good question. I mean, I think Philo just was a kind of – foundational idea that we put into place, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, as an opportunity to serve others in our, in our, in our same peer group, you know, young agents. But, but what it also did, you know, it's kind of like the teacher that learns, you know, probably more than those that he's teaching, right? You, you, when you put your, immerse yourself into something, you get so much more out of it. And so I got a lot out of that, just trying to be a part of that. And I want to give credit to, to uh, the late Susan Titus, who was a, definitely an important factor in putting all the philo together and you know you can come up with all the great ideas you can be the the great visionary of your organization but if you don't have somebody to help execute the plan <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter how much you think <laughs> how good of an idea it is right so susan played an important role in executing that out and um really helped make that a successful program so hats off to her too and in the whole team that was involved at that time but hats off to the current i mean in past young agents because you guys have perpetuated the philo plan and make it more adapted you know to more current environments and structured issues and so those are all good things but how it impacted me was just basic fundamental stuff that really you know maybe maybe shelf selfishly we kind of developed that to satisfy our own needs and curiosity about what the industry has to provide in a more global perspective right. right so we gained that as not only the ones that structured that program but also the participants in that and that led me into being more involved at the board level or at the association level and the association for the years now have just been the community for me that's made made me a lot of who I am today in my professional career and yeah. personally too honestly I mean the the friends the, the 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 relationships that we have gained I've gained over the last gosh you know 15, 18, 20 years almost of, of this has been invaluable. And I think knowledge is power, you know, and that sounds cliche, but the reality is when you know more about the industry you serve and the people you serve and why you're doing it, the better you're going to be at it, right? You're going to be much more valuable to your clients and, and the people you serve when you understand 
the industry in a, in a much more global perspective, yeah. right? It doesn't mean you have to be an expert at everything, but you, and so that's where the leadership program really offered that opportunity to open up those doors. Being on the board, you asked Krista is, you know, what that's meant to me and being able to serve our industry. And we didn't mention this, but part of the Philo programming has always been, and still, as I understand today, still contains a service module, right? A yes. Yes. The community service. Yeah. It's community service to me. And that's part of a whole leadership programming. If you're not if you're not a person that wants to serve others, if you don't have a heart of service for others to some degree, you're probably not going to be good at what we do. And the reality is, and, and you're not going to be a good leader unless you have a heart to serve a little bit. You might think you are, but if you don't have a heart to serve others and a little bit of a passion to want to take care of other people, you'll never make it to the level of leadership that most of us want to be at. And so I think leadership, you know, programming is always important to have that aspect, which we do in Philo, is self, uh, just serving others in a, in a community project or whatever. But also, for me personally, that kind of followed into my um, opportunity to serve on the board. For years, I've served in different capacities, all the chairs through the, the Big Eye State Board. That was a, an opportunity for me to serve something bigger than me, to be a part of something bigger than me, to be a part of the association to learn, not only gain the knowledge that I was able to do, but also to be able to give back. You know, it's it's those that, you know, either you can be served or you can serve others, you know, and I choose to serve others in different capacities and know that I'll reap the benefits down the road somewhere, yeah. but I'm not counting my beans in the, in the process, right? <laughs> you know, I have, I've heard this yeah. argument from, from others up through the years, like, why do I want to be involved in association? It's just a, my competitors at a meeting. I've never looked at it that way. Never once have I looked at my across the room. Even when I know I've had people in competition with me in the room, there's something about the community of our association that takes away that, you know. But if you're that person that feels like that's a threat to you to be in the same room with somebody that might be a competitor, association's probably not for you. Yeah, sure. But I can tell you, if you look at some of the most successful people in our industry in this state and across the United States, which we'll talk about in a minute as a national director position, some of the most successful people in our industry have been people that have been involved at their state or national association levels. Yeah. As you mentioned, you've, you've been around the association for a long time. Young agents around the state may know your face, but not really uh, know why. You know, maybe they saw you on the policy magazine or you had an article there. But really, you have this role of the state national director We'd like to know more about what that means for you. What does what, that mean? Yeah, that mean? yeah me too. I'd mean? like to know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. No, actually, um, yeah, you mentioned some people might know my face and interesting. I'm glad we're doing a podcast today because my mother always said I had a face for radio. <laughs> and um, <laughs> thank you for that, Mom. One of the things that I, I, I think what's, yeah, it's a good question. What is a state national director? And state national director, which is the title I've now been able to to have because I've been appointed by our board, our state board, to that directorship. I became two years ago, I became state national director. Now, at the local or at the state big eye level, we call it state national director. But to give you a perspective of what that means at the national level, so we have the national big eye, the IIABA, Independent Insurance Agents and Brokers of America, is our national association. We're all closely tied together, but at the national level, I'm actually just a director. It's a board of directors position. Yeah. So there's 50 of us that are the board for your national association, your national association that you're a member of. If you're a member of the Oklahoma Big Eye, you're a member of the National Big Eye. 
And what I do is represent you as members of the National Big Eye on a national level, and, and I represent all of our state members, our state agencies, our state individual members at the national level. And what we do there is create policy, obviously, like every board does, and kind of a legislative process. It's kind of the first couple of meetings, I'll be quite frankly, I was a bit intimidated because we're in this thing called a horseshoe, and it looks like you're going to a meeting at the United Nations where you got 50 <laughs> representations with flags and or little uh, signs up with your state on it and everything. And so a little intimidating being around all these people from across the world or the country, actually. And then what's interesting, though, is I find being involved in that association at this point is just these people are just like us here in Oklahoma. They're all wanting to do the right thing for the right reason for our customers and serve others. And how do we do that collectively is what we talk a lot about. How do we do it as an association to where we provide just as what we do on a local level or at a state level? tools or resources how do, for our membership, right? How do we do that on a national level? How do we represent our membership at the big thing is obviously the legislative conference. So we go to Washington every year for a legislative conference where the Big Eye puts that together. And we have our national Big Eye uh, staffers that are probably some of the most respected individuals on Capitol Hill today. And that's no kidding. I mean, you know, Bob Rustbolt and Charles Symington now is kind of taking the lead over there on the government affairs side. But I will tell you, those two guys are so well respected in our at, at the Capitol and certainly within our Oklahoma delegates there, but across the whole Capitol that I, I'm not sure that, you know, I'm sure there's other industry lobbyists and other industry government affairs people that that gain a lot of traction. But for our industry, that's pretty incredible. When we go to talk with our lawmakers in, in Washington, they know, they respect our association. They hear what we're there to talk about and take very seriously because we have an association that's gained a lot of credibility uh, over the years. I'm talking decades. And because of people like Bob Russell, Charles Symington, and all the others that come before to help prepare and work the ground there in Washington to help us do our good work there. So anyhow, I would say that at a national director level, there's, there's a lot of things we do. We wouldn't have time to go into this, but there's a host of things that really entail just taking care of our membership, providing the tools the resources, the opportunities to make our industry as an independent agent just a, you know, a better place for, for us to work and, and maintain our books of business and in a way that we can you know, serve our clients better. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. What I'm hearing is on a national level, you all are helping the legislators understand what the needs and why a certain policy would not be good for the population in general, not just our industry, but that's kind of what you're speaking to. Well, yeah, I would say that the first number one priority in, in everything we do, that's at a state level as well as a national level, is, is taking care of our consumers, our customers, our clients. So what's good for the public or our client is what's good for us. So that's a number one. We make sure that policies that are being changed, and that's what typically is happening a lot of times, laws are being affected one way or the other that could have an impact on our clients' lives or their businesses that need to be addressed. And so a lot of times lawmakers don't, they don't realize the outcomes or repercussions of the laws that are being affected. So we play a critical role in that. And that's just one part of what the Big Eye National does in the government affairs. There's a whole host of other things that we do. 
And I will say that I got the opportunity this last year to attend that legislative conference, and I got to sit in that room with Chris and amongst others as well and get to hear them talk about the issues. And Chris, it's amazing how comfortable you are talking legislation and insurance to, you know, to the legislators and and the House representatives. It, It was a remarkable experience. Well, I'll tell you, Krista, that's because I've been there several times. And, you know, that's the one thing I ask, you know, I think that's important about young agents, future insurance leaders. Sometimes that crossing that bridge is a little bit scary, right? Because you're just not sure what's on the other side or that the bridge might fall through. But I promise you, it typically is not as scary as you think it is. And once you've put yourself in those shoes or put yourself in that position to walk into a lawmaker's office, which you know and you've witnessed, yeah. Uh, we've gained relationships at the, at the Capitol to where we can walk in a, our congressman's office, sit down in a comfortable seat or a sofa together and have a conversation just like you and I are having right now. Yeah. You know, that's very effective because that and, and that takes some time to build. But it starts with that first transaction. It starts with that first introduction of walking through the doors just like you've done now and just like you've walked the halls of Congress. Right. Yeah. And not everybody's done that. And right. it sounds scary, <laughs> but you lived through it and you survived, right? I did. Yeah. I did. It, yeah. I think that like the first couple that we went to, I was extremely, I had no idea what was going on. I was just looking at my piece of paper, trying to keep up with the issues going on. But I was also taking notes for Denise. And as I was sitting there, I started to to learn and absorb it. And by the last visit, I had everything down. <laughs> like, it, it's just you have to get comfortable talking about it and the reasons why these issues are, you know, why we're pro or, you know, against whatever bill is being proposed. Something I've learned a long time ago. Of course, I always I kind of always say this. I'm full of opinions, right? I'm, I'm a guy with I'm just one guy with a lot of opinions. That's what you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> I always say, you know, and I challenge those I work with either whether at the either my team back at work or at the association board and the other couple of boards I serve on. I said, listen, this is my opinion. I may be wrong, but I'm confident. So you take it from there. Right. And I'm open to being wrong. And you can correct me if I if you believe so. But sometimes, I'm, you know, but it's good to be confident in, in what you're going to say or what you're going to propose and then allow others to you know point out any wrong parts that you might have presented which is always a trick sometimes yeah I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for joining us today it really means a lot to us that you were willing to be our guinea pig and we really appreciate your time well thank you Krista Ryan thank you too my man no thank you Chris (laughs) you both are are growing leaders in this organization I see it and you guys both have the, the obvious to me anyhow and I'm sure many others that one is you're hungry to learn more. You're interested in the association and what it does and being part of this community we call the Big Eye. And to me, that sets the stage for you guys to be very successful in your career paths going down the road as it would for many others that yeah. choose to, to be involved here. Well, and I did want to take a moment to also mention um, on a last note that all of these positions, you know, Philo and Young Agents Committee and the Big Board and then um, now going, you know, onto a national director status, 
all of these type of positions are volunteer positions. And so that is why it is a service to our industry. And so for, you know, those that are looking to get involved um, in the big eye a little bit more and get involved in the industry, that this is how you can serve your industry. It definitely is. It's a sacrifice. It's a, it's a service. But I will promise you that anybody that serves in these capacities with an open mind will get way more out of it than they've ever given at the Absolutely. end of the day. Chris, thank you. Appreciate your time. I appreciate your efforts on the national level. Everything you've done for the Big Eye of Oklahoma, the Young Agents Group. So wanted to quickly give some, um, some dates and times that are coming up for the Young Agents. So get your calendars ready. Thursday, August 11th. 4 to 6 p.m., we're having a Young Agents Happy Hour in Oklahoma City at Updown. If not been there before, looking forward to that. Uh, then Wednesday, September 7th, 4 to 6, another Young Agents Happy Hour, this time in Tulsa at In the Raw View. Looking forward to that as well. Uh, but here's one for you. Thursday, September 29th, 11 a.m. to noon is the next Young Agent webinar series, and I believe it's with Paul Martin who is discussing business interruption, if I, if I believe I could be wrong about that. But that is approved <laughs> for one hour of continuing education credit, so be sure and register there. Then the big one, Young Agents Conference, October 5th and 6th in Tulsa, downtown Tulsa at the Tulsa Club Hotel. The 6th is the actual conference. 5th is a little uh, fun get-together the evening before. But... For all these events, you can find more information. You can register online at BigIOK.com or find the Young Agents Facebook group. Uh, there's a bunch of people in there, and we'd love to engage with you there. Continue the conversation. And also wanted to say thank you to everyone that's they're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us um, on this inaugural episode of the Oklahoma Young Agents Show. See you next time.